any disruption, uh, the EFF earlier on had said that they would hold a meeting and decide on whether or not they should allow the president to deliver his address without any disturbance. Well, he's done exactly that. Um, he's finished delivering that address. Uh, already, some people calling it a wish list, really. Um, a number of things that the president is hoping for, touching on seven priorities um, that will, of course, be center stage over the next five years, economic transformation and job creation, education skills, consolidating the social wage, special integration, uh, human settlement and improving local government, the social cohesion as well, building a capable developmental state and building a better Africa and a better world. Those are the seven priorities um, that President Cyril Ramaphosa has touched on. We'll tell you more and break down really what he's been promising over that his government will be doing over the next five years. But let's give you rolling coverage now of the reaction from um, opposition parties uh, as well as some of the ministers that will be coming out of the National Assembly now. John Steenhazen is with the Democratic Alliance. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Your immediate reaction? Well, I think there were some good parts of the speech, but I think a lot of uh, dreams... Uh, without many concrete steps about how we're going to achieve those stretch goals. Most of the goals are set over a 10-year period. I think a lot of South Africans were looking for some immediate reforms that were going to uh, be able to kickstart job creation and get things moving a bit quicker. I think one of the welcome developments was the reading programs at schools. I think that you know, we can boost education. It always underpins an enterprise economy. and I think that would be a very, very good thing to do. But I, I think what we saw here tonight was very little in the way of concrete action, more uh, announcements of virtuous ends, which I think is not going to uh, not going to feed South Africa. You can't, uh, you know, live or feed off a dream. Uh, what we need is concrete action. And the reality is, while the president's building dream cities in the sky, most South Africans are living a nightmare every day of unemployment, of crime-ravaged communities, of loss of opportunity, and. We need to see more concrete steps. Well, some people may argue that he's just being real, really. Um, if he's going to be saying that I'll be achieving this over the next two years, you guys would come out and criticize him for being too wishful and that that would possibly not even uh, be possible to achieve in a short space of time. Well, the problem is that when you don't set immediate goals for the next year, or for the next year it's very difficult for people to hold you accountable. If I say I'm going to do something in 10 years' time, Really, I don't have an opportunity to really question you until that 10-year period is over. What we can't afford is another uh, wasted decade uh, in South Africa. We need to see immediacy. We need to see a call to action. Just simply setting yourself uh, cities in the sky and, and dreams is not going to deliver what people are looking for. What did you make of the announcement around this special funding bill to save ESCOM? The president saying that um, you know, government will be responsible for a significant portion of the 230 billion fiscal support that ESCOM will require over the next 10 years. Well, very worrying. We're going to pour 230 million down into the vortex that has become ESCOM. The truth of the matter is, you can put as much money as you want into the place unless there's structural reform of ESCOM, unless there's a breaking up of ESCOM's monopoly, unless you allow private sector competition with ESCOM, you're going to just be throwing more money after ban. And bear in mind that 230 million. Rand comes at an opportunity cost. It crowds out social spend. It crowds out infrastructure spend that could be really being used to boost the economy and make a meaningful difference. Uh, if you're not going to do the reforms, you're simply going to continue throwing that money into that vortex that is Eskom. And we're going to be sitting here in five years' time with another bailout on our hands. Uh, it's not a sustainable solution. He says he wants uh, violent crimes to be halved by 10 years. Is that wishful thinking or do you think it's possible? Well, I think it's possible if you've got an honest, effective 
effective and capable police service. Uh, he only spent uh, a few lines on crime this evening, didn't touch on rural safety at all. We've got 54 million South, Africa, uh, 54 South Africans uh, murdered every single day uh, here in the country. I think we want, we're looking for a little bit more uh, plan, concrete plans around police reform, how you're going to introduce technology, uh, better equip, better train, uh, better prepare police uh, personnel to be able to solve crime, catch criminals, and then she send them to jail. The truth of the matter is there's almost a 10% conviction rate for murder in South Africa. It's far too low. We need to be able to have honest professional police service that's properly trained. You know, just simply churning out recruits isn't going to help unless you're changing the quality of those recruits and the equipment uh, that they are using to fight crime in communities. I imagine you're welcoming him reaffirming the independence of the South African Reserve Bank. Uh, the ANC has been speaking in different voices on this particular issue and that's been affecting um, the markets. And he's saying we are sure and we are behind the South African Reserve Bank. It has to be independent and we have to respect the constitutional independence. I think it was very instructive and I think the President should be praised for showing some leadership in that regard. I think that was a marker being put down to his own party, uh, to people like Ace Magashule, uh, to the radical economic transformation uh, factors in his own party that have been uh, tearing at the edge there. Whether, in fact, he's going to prevail in a parliament now that is, co that is controlled and dominated by the Ace Magashule faction is another thing altogether. Uh, but I think the fact that he showed some leadership on it uh, hopefully we'll put a lid on it, but uh, given the factional differences in the ANC, I think it's an uneasy piece that we're going to see. And lastly, what did you make of uh, the committee, the nominees for the committee chairpersons um, by the ANC, uh, a number of people there that are being branded uh, tainted? Well, of course, you can't uh, fight state capture when you put in charge of the committees that are supposed to investigate state capture, the very architects, enablers and uh, implementers of state capture. I think it uh, was a blow for the president yesterday and I think that those compromised individuals are not going to be able to lead or support his charge against corruption. All right, listen, thank you so much for your time. That's the DA's John Steen Hazen speaking to us about uh, what uh, he, of course, um, uh, is the reaction from President Cyril Ramaphosa's uh, State of the Nation address. More people are coming through here. I see the ANC's Treasurer General Paul Mashatile speaking to our eyewitness news. So let's go and listen what he has to say. And uh, as the President said, let's now come up with bold plans. Let's build a new city, improve our transportation, rail net networks, high-speed trains, but he was also practical, jobs for young people, improve the education system. And his emphasis is now is the time for implementation. Is it not over ambitious, though, when talking about 2 million jobs for young people within 10 years, uh, lessening hunger when we know that at least 50% of South Africans are food insecure? No, it's bold plans. Bold plans need implementers. So once the president said this is what we must do, all the ministers, all of us are going to focus on doing exactly that. We will achieve it. The one thing that has been quite divisive inside the ANC has been the issue of the Reserve Bank. Yeah. And we had the president affirming the current mandate of the Reserve Bank. Has the ANC resolved on this posture that he has taken, saying that they will respect the constitutional mandate of the bank? Exactly, that's our position. What the president has said is, is our position as the ANC. Have you ironed out the divisions within the party? Are we not likely to see another statement reacting and suggesting the change of the mandate of the Reserve Bank? No, you won't hear it. It's all ironed out. We are all agreed. 
top six met, what the president has announced, it's our position, all of us. The big issue has also been ESCOM. Yeah. Uh, you are now pushing for an, a, a bill right now to try and rescue ESCOM because it's going to run out of funds by October. But South Africans are wondering, is this the, tra- the journey we are going to travel where, you know, every time it's about to run out of money, we are trying to rescue it, but nothing concrete or this turnaround, we are not seeing it at ESCOM? ESCOM uh, is going to be fixed and those announcements are coming soon. I think the president was avoiding going into too much detail. You remember he said we'll be appointing a CEO soon and the restructuring officer. Then the Minister of Finance will then announce what sort of plans we're embarking on. It's not just about money. It's also about fixing ESCOM. Remember we said we'll separate generation transmission. That's going ahead. But also restructuring ESCOM itself, looking at its operational cost, looking at its debt. So... All right, we're going to pull out of that interview. That is the ANC's Treasurer General, uh, Paul Mashatile. Let's now speak to Education Minister Njimu Now, uh, Minister, thank you so much for your time. Welcome to 702. Your reaction to President Cyril Ramaphosa's speech, particularly where he touched on education? No, he really touched on the most important part that we have to conquer once and for all just the basic, basic of basic education, the foundation phase, your Grade R, your grade R, three, six, and nine. Because if you can sort out your primary schooling, we will keep on reading 60%, 70% pass, but we will really not crack the, 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 the we'll, not, we'll really not crack the system until we can deal with our our basic education. So I'm very happy that he's drawing the attention to the fact that education starts where it starts, and it starts in your foundation phase. But how are we going to do that? How how are we going to make sure that we strengthen that developmental phase? I mean, one of the key things is that even as parents, you only start paying attention when your kids are in metric. We're saying education is a societal issue. Ourselves as government, we're committing to put resources into your reading, into your foundation phase. But we want everybody else to know that it starts there. So you invest your time, your resources, your attention, both as government, but as communities, but also as families, because we only have four hours with them. You have... How many hours? Yeah, longer hours. But but how how I mean because as part of the five fundamental goals that he spoke about that um, government will be pushing for over the ten years is that one of it is that in ten years every ten year old must be able to read. Do you think that's feasible? No, it is. It's very possible because people also don't understand when we mean that our kids can read. Our kids can read. They can put together the letters, but the things that they can't interpret. And it has much more to do with how we train them, we socialize them. So reading for meaning doesn't mean that you can't combine the words, you can't combine the syllables. You can read very eloquently, but the main thing, can you analyze, can you interpret, can you... It's really around cognitive development. And cognitive development starts with teaching kids very early to be critical, to be analytical, so that when they read words, they can be able to interpret them from their life experiences. So it's a deeper exercise, but it's an exercise that needs to be instilled or incurred very early in life where kids can ask questions, can ask the relevant questions, can argue, can debate coherently. So I think if we really change our attitude towards teaching but also raising children, they should be able to develop their cognitive development very early, which is very key. All right, thank you so much. Uh, That is, of course, the Minister 
um, of Education, NG Motsekha. Let's move over now to Ronald Lamola, who is the new Minister of Justice. Uh, Ronald, thank you so much for your time. This is actually your first State of the Nation address, right? Uh, yeah, and as you a, are as, a minister. As a, as a minister, yes. <laughs> as a minister. <laughs> yeah. um, how was it? No, I think it is inspirational. It creates for us an enabling environment to handle the issues of corruption, to deal with issues of restoring investor confidence, to follow the monies that have been stolen through the special uh, tribunal, and also on issues of gender-based violence. It's important for us to handle and deal with them because society needs to feel free, fair, and safe in our own country. I think it's also very big on issues of economic growth. So the justice or the criminal justice cluster must enable us to have that stable society, which will enable economic growth to, 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 to happen. Yeah. And of course, the president talking about violent crime, it must be halved within 10 years. Um, the justice ministry is going to also play quite an important role in that. What are you going to be doing to make sure that this goal by the president comes to reality? Obviously, through a social compact, it is doable with society and everyone involved, but also with strengthening and capacitating the NPA, which we are currently helping them to do and to give them the support, will be able to have convictions on the high rate of murders across the country and violent crime, which I think um, if the entire criminal justice cluster is able to work together and also with society, it is doable. Uh, how are you capacitating um, the National Prosecuting Authority? Are you happy with the progress that's been done so far? There's the new NPA head, there's um, uh, Mrs. Cronier, who will be leading that special investigative unit as well. Uh, what is the progress there? Yeah, obviously, it's, to, it's also to help them uh, fill the vacancies that they have, the huge vacancy rate that they have, and also to enable them in terms of budget, that uh, their budget is currently constrained. We are looking at means to help them. And um, also, in terms of the, you'll know the prosecution, aspirant prosecution team, that uh, uh, structure that they used to have, we're also going to help them to revive it and ensure that there are new recruits that are tra- well trained. And how are you going to be dealing with the fight back? Because there's going to be, especially from within the ANC, as you deal with issues of state capture. It's to create an enabling environment, policy framework that says all the criminal investigation or, uh, agencies must do their job without fear uh, or favor to anyone. And um, it's the role of everyone, including the president, who has said they must do their job. The constitution is there to protect them. There must be no manipulation of these uh, agencies. All right, listen, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. That is, of course, the Minister of Justice, uh, Ronald Lamola, speaking to us about uh, his impressions of President Cyril Ramaphosa's State of the Nation address. Uh, and we'll speak to the ATM um, in a short while, but I see that the former Premier of the North West, Supra Mahomapilu, um, is here. Mr. Mahomapilu, thank you so much for your time. I witness news in Tajin Tuna and Independent. Yes, uh, it's good to see you. Yes. Um, you are a member of Parliament now. You yes. will be chairing one of the committees. Tourism. Tourism. How are you feeling about that? Well, the deployment of the African National Congress must be respected. If you are given a responsibility by the ANC, you execute it to the best of your ability. If you stumble along the way, you must ask your cadres to carry you and help you achieve your strategic objective. But it's all about working hard, being passionate about the work that you do. Most importantly, yes, we are from the ANC, but we work for South Africans here. So we must put the interest of our people first, the interest of South Africa. And we must defend the constitution at all times. It doesn't matter whether the constitutional inconsistencies will be coming from the ANC or any other party. We, we must stay truth 
to the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa. Some people are saying you are tainted, then you don't deserve to be one of the members that will be leading such crucial committees that should hold the executive to account. They're mentioning you, people like Faith Motambi and Museven Tizwani. How do you react to that criticism? Well, it's unfortunate because uh, people come to conclusions and that's unfortunate growing culture here in South Africa. Perspectives which are not well informed. I don't know why people take such postures, but me now I'm focusing on my work and let us be judged on the work that we are going to be doing. Not on what is concocted about ourselves, our families and so on. But if you are a politician, my brother, you must know forever mud will be thrown at you. And as a politician, stand upright at all times. As long as you are on a principle, remain on a principle. But it's also the things that are also said, for example, at the State Capture Commission. Uh, there is a witness there that's been talking about um, the Mr. contract. Mr. Nguyenya. who's yeah. been talking about the contract that the Northwest government had with SA Express. Um, and, and they're implicating you there in sort of allegations of yeah. wrongdoing. How have you been reacting to that particular? Will you go to the commission to give your side of the story? We have, we have written to the commission. Mr. Nguyenya is lying, but we don't want to say much now. He has put himself in trouble because at some point we'll have to take legal steps against him because it's all lies. I don't even know that particular man. But we shouldn't hurry. At the right time, we'll expose him for what he is. Thank you so much for your time. In fact, so many people have said they don't even know if they'll go to the State Capture Commission. So no, if I'm you'll going. be going... I'll be going to the State Capture Commission myself at the right time. We'll look out. Thank you yes. so much for your time. That's the sure. former Premier of the Northwest Supreme Homa Pilo. Uh, the Transport Minister, uh, Fiki Lembalula, is here. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Uh, your reactions of uh, President Sil Ramaphosa's State of the Nation address? Well, uh, this is very practical. Uh, it is very clear that uh, the Sixth Administration means business. Responding to the massive mandate we got from the people, uh, it's really to uh, roll out what needs to be done. So it's not slogans. It is the realistic things that we need to do to intervene in the main in the economy, to ensure that our economy turns around and uh, we're able to create jobs and absorb a lot of young people who are uh, unemployed as we speak. But there are a lot of intervening programs that are going to take this country forward in this uh, sixth administration. Um, obviously, your ministry being transport um, deals with issues around PRASA and the security, even around that kind of infrastructure. Do you feel the president spoke sufficiently around that ministry and the importance of not only guarding that infrastructure, but making sure that it operates effectively? Well, uh, I think um, the president was very clear overall because you can't put every detail into the speech itself. He emphasized that commuter rail is very important uh, for our communities, which is a big challenge. We're moving from road to rail and in terms of goods, and that is what is important, but we need to modernize, uh, which is what he emphasized, something we can imagine, but something that is doable. So um, so he, he did uh, uh, give that particular indication. Obviously, that speaks to what we need to do as a department and um, give practical meaning to that. So. Uh, transport is huge. I mean, uh, you talk about maritime, you talk about aviation, you talk about uh, the roads, um, you talk about bringing about safety, you talk about uh, ensuring that uh, our people are taken safely home and that they get affordable transport and that there is security along the way, both in policing the roads at the same time and ensuring that uh, everything works for our people.
just lastly, how have you been finding the ministry? You were struggling the other day to say RTMC. Have you got it now? <laughs> no, of course I've got it now. I mean, uh, you see, you will, uh, you, you've got all sorts of, uh, you know, uh, short terminology and so on, abbreviations you've got to get used to. RTMC. Arr. So, but uh, look, we, we are on point and uh, good challenges. Uh, I like challenges. I mean, uh, uh, I've exhausted my time at sports, not yet in the police, but big challenges. And, uh, and uh, we need to turn around the situation. And uh, we, we now are done with the State of the Nation address. We move to the strat plan and to implement all the things that we imagine and put them into practice. So, watch the space for our priorities. We walk the talk. That's what the president said we must do. Thank you so much for your Thank time. You Figi Lembalula is the Minister of Transport. Let's move over to the ATM president, Vuyo Zungula. Now, Vuyo, we spoke to you earlier on about how this is your first as ATM, the State of the Nation address. You had some level of expectations. Um, were they met? What did you think of what the president said? Um, this is the same speech as February. It's basically, to a large extent, copy and paste of what he said in February. Now, what we do not understand with, uh, as the ATM is that the president was addressing the people of South Africa, was not addressing big business or the markets. Therefore, he needed to speak to the realities of the people on the ground. It's well and good to have dreams, but the people on the ground do not want dreams. They actually want action. They want a plan. And he has not um, demonstrated that he's got a plan to actually solve the problems. Saying, for example, there will be 2 million um, jobs created in the next 10 years, that is not enough to... Um, to actually convince people because people want to know which industries um, the time frame for the next coming months. So uh, what you're saying then, it was, it was lacking in detail of how exactly um, those two million jobs, for example, are going to be created, especially amongst young people, and 155,000 generally in the next five years. Yes, it seems like a pie in the sky, and that, that's what has been characterized SONAS for the past so many years. Therefore, that's why we needed like a proper, actionable plan that is relatable to the people. A person on the ground tomorrow must be able to say, this is what the president has said. But currently, I don't think many people will wake up tomorrow being confident to say, and the president has got a plan. All right, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, that is the ATM president. Uh, let's now speak to Mkule Koshengwa, who's with the IFP. Uh, thank you for your time, man. Good evening, Clement. Your reaction to the president's speech? Well, the president missed an opportunity. Um, we felt that if he had actually paid far more focus to the seven priorities he pointed to and the five-point plan um, and actually went into detail, he would have achieved a lot of taking the country into confidence in terms of the direction where the country would be going. What happened in the latter part of the speech, he was in sixes and nines and presented really what was a utopic um, kind of uh, a, a, a reality and, you know, painted a, a dream really and spoke about a dream. There's nothing wrong with, um, of course, presenting a vision, but he has had the opportunity to do that on the day he was elected and on the day of inauguration. What was required today was a practical action step from the president, and we find that he missed an opportunity there. Secondly, the fact that um, he, he did not focus himself diligently and thoroughly on the SOEs remains a problem. 
Don't you speak about ESCOM and leave SAA, leave SAPC, leave Transnet and so on has been really a problem and we felt that he should have spoken in far more greater detail about the SOE management um, in totality because a lot of money is going into that and the unfortunate part now is that you have a situation where um, SAM, ESCOM is going to get another bailout. In the absence of a turnaround strategy that has been presented, in the absence of restoring good governance, and in the absence of actually accountability taking place and restoring good governance within the, 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 the ESCOM. So what is happening is we back to square one where we throw financial solutions to non-financial problems and because we think money solves everything and that is not the case. Well, his argument is that the ESCOM is so critical to the economy that we cannot allow it to fail because you need for there to be an economy that grows, you also actually need um, reliable energy. So he's saying, as government, they have to do whatever they can to try and resuscitate this power utility. That, that's absolutely correct, but his, his modus operandi is wrong. You can't just have a, a bailout but do not have a turnaround strategy. The fundamental issue at ESCOM has been about instability, has been about the collapse of governance systems, has been the issue of, the, of capture um, of ESCOM. So if you want to achieve that, that fundamental ideal about ESCOM, of it being the backbone of the economy, it needs to be a, a broader, holistic approach. It can't just be a bailout. The issue is that you cannot keep throwing money, 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 and not consequence, consequence. So that's where the disjointer was insofar as that is concerned. Money is part and parcel of a broader uh, composite strategy. It's, it's not a silver bullet because you're throwing money to the same system, to the same structure, and you're putting different results. Lastly, are we going to see you as Scopa chairperson? Well, it would be reckless and irresponsible for me to speak about that. Let's allow the parliamentary process, the party process to run its course and for the nominations to be finalized. And I would want to believe at the right uh, time uh, the IFP, if approached, will accept the position and then appoint the right person to that position. Right now, it would be preempting um, a process. All right, listen, thank you for your time. I'm Kule Kotlengwa is, of course, a member of parliament with the IFP. We're going to speak to Natim Tetwa now who is the Sports, Arts and Culture Minister. Minister, thank you for your time. Um, How did you find that speech, uh, the first in the sixth administration, the first State of the Nation address? Well, it was a well-balanced speech. If you remember that the president started with the the seven priorities. Uh, What was important particularly for us uh, was uh, the area of social cohesion and safety in our communities. Because for any nation to be able to move forward, a nation like ours will have to ensure that we combine what we are responsible for now as the portfolio to build a winning and socially coherent nation. Because if we do that, we are going to contribute to what is key to us, which is the happiness index in our society. So if we have a winning nation, in our sporting codes, in our uh, arts and culture area, we are going to be able to take uh, the country forward. A lot of uh, people have complained, especially in the arts, that they find that you know every time there's this state of the nation addresses, there's not enough expression around the needs and the concerns of people who work in the arts. Did you find that this uh, state of the nation address focused a lot on those people in the arts as well? Well, yes, as I said, uh, that uh, in the seven priorities, uh, one key priority is a priority about social cohesion. Sport, arts, and culture 
is at the center of social cohesion. And without sport, arts and culture, we are not going to have South Africans sharing spaces. That sharing of space is very important. So it, it, it was um, uh, touched both from the arts side and from the sporting side. Thank you so much. I uh, really appreciate it. Um, I see that there are more people coming through. Enrum Langeni um, is also here um, just outside Parliament. I mean, he's an ANC veteran um, and um, trying to walk up the stairs of the National Assembly now so we can have a conversation um, with uh, this struggle stalwart of the ANC. He's walking into the National Assembly. We'll try and see if we cannot grab him um, when he comes out. He's been really having some tough responsibilities um, in the African National Congress. Uh, he's, he's been uh, dealing with a number of issues. We know the Integrity Commission um, had called about 22 or so members of the African National Congress um, whom they, who were flagged, um, uh, who were, of course, nominees to go to Parliament. And it was that Integrity Commission that had to deal with some of the allegations that they were facing, give them an opportunity um, to also appear uh, before that integrity commission and give their side of the story. And by the way, I also see the economic freedom fighters. They're here on the stairs of parliament. No sign of Julius Malema, no sign of Floyd Shivambu, the deputy president of the EFF as well. Um, uh, they, the, the Red Berets are just uh, outside here um, on the stairs of parliament, just, uh, I suppose, waiting for um, some of uh, their leaders to come and address um, the, to come and address the media and we're expecting um, that to come through. Let's get some reaction from business now. Um, there are also some business people that are also here and I'm seeing Romeo Kumalo um, there. I'm going to try and walk over to him uh, for a quick uh, reaction uh, who's going to speak to us now. Uh, Romeo Kumalo, Mr. Kumalo, thank you so much for your time. What are your impressions of the State of the Nation address just from business? Well, I think it was pleasing to, to hear the president uh, articulating priorities to, to try and stimulate uh, growth in the economy. And I think that's what uh, business is looking for. Uh, business is looking for government to create a, a conducive environment for, for investment. But more money is still being poured onto ESCOM to fix ESCOM. Lots of millions of rents, the president saying, over the 10 years to assist ESCOM. Is that helping at all? Well, I don't think we have a choice. I think if ESCOM defaults, the entire country defaults. Uh, so I don't think that we have a choice. What I would have liked to see, and I think what the Minister of Finance will probably announce uh, at his budget speech, is what happens uh, with ESCOM and how they manage that, uh, um, that budget and all the funds that are going to ESCOM. But I don't think we have a choice. Thank you so much for your time. Um, that is Romeo Kumalo, of course, one of the, crit the, the, the main business people um, in our country also reacting just from uh, the side of business to President Sil Ramaphosa's State of the Nation address. I mean, he speaks there about uh, this uh, money that's going to be poured into ESCOM. I mean, the president announcing this special funding bill uh, to save ESCOM, saying that uh, we need, re uh, that government will allocate a significant portion of the 230 billion rand fiscal support um, that ESCOM will require over the next uh, 10 years. Um, so um, I see that the EFF leader, Julius Malema, is speaking now. So we're going to try and put over our mic so we can hear what he has to say or we'll wait for him. He's still speaking to um, another media house now. We'll wait for him um, to come and speak to us and give us 
his reaction. Uh, but in the meantime, um, the, the president spoke about ESCOM and, and, and how um, they will have to find the new CEO. They will announce a new CEO. There's a chief restructuring officer who will be appointed soon as well. And the president says uh, that chief restructuring officer will also be responsible um, for repositioning ESCOM financially. So big plans there around state-owned enterprises, but a big focus, I have to say, on this issue of ESCOM. Not a lot of mention on SAA and the SABC, for example, and we're waiting to see if we can speak to uh, the Minister of Communications, Delanda Ben Abrahams, who can speak to us about um, the SABC and that 3.2 billion rand um, that the SABC um, actually needs uh, in order for them to even be able to pay for their salaries um, at the end of uh, this month. So we are waiting to see if we can speak to Stella Dabeni Abrahams as well. Some of the things that also came out of the President's uh, State of the Nation address, I mean, reaffirming the independence of the South African Reserve Bank, that was a key one. Uh, the President said um, it's a critical institution to our democracy, um, he says government reaffirms this constitutional mandate um, that the Reserve Bank must pursue independently, uh, um, must, must actually um, operate as an independent organization without fear or favor. Um, that is what, of course, President Cyril Ramaphosa had to say. I'm actually communicating now um, with EFF spokesperson Buiseni Ndlozi, who was trying to indicate to me whether I need to speak to Julius Malema. I've just indicated that we want to do that and we are on standby uh, to speak to Julius Malema. And also on land, the president spoke about their presidential advisory panel um, on land, speaking about the recommendations that that panel has made to inform the... And, and, and he's saying that that will inform um, the finalization of a comprehensive far-reaching land reform program. And he's saying that some, some sort of progress has been made. Uh, he says 3.9 billion rand has been allocated um, to the land bank for support of black commercial farmers. Unemployment, another big one. It's at 27.6%. There's over 55% um, uh, uh, of young people that are unemployed. The president saying that this is a ticking time bomb. It's a crisis. I mean, saying there is a presidency plan. This is a program that will be within um, the um, presidency's office uh, to create uh, no fewer than 2 million jobs um, in 10 years. Let's speak to now Judy Nokwedi, who is the prominent businesswoman. Um, you're not impressed um, with the State of the Nation address. I... Are you impressed? I was rather disappointed, to put it mildly. I think for us, from the black business point of view, our perspective has been that a key to unlock this economy is the power of your small and medium-sized enterprises. So, you know, three, three, three things were lacking in the speech, I felt. Number one, the importance of SMMEs. Secondly, not enough emphasis on black economic empowerment. And thirdly, the whole space of accountability and consequence. That was sorely missing because the future of our economy and our country vests with implementation and execution and all these ministers that have been appointed all the budgets that have been 
assigned and they great amounts of money without impl implementation nothing will happen and we didn't hear anything about consequences how are people going to be held accountable the state of our SOEs um, is in a dire situation did you find that he um, expressed um, effectively what will be happening to these SOEs and how government will be providing support for them. I mean, he singled out ESCOM really, but we still have SAA, we still have the SABC that also needs the support. Well, he also singled out the land bank, but clearly in terms of instilling this dream and the future of a nation, if you don't have a solid, vibrant SABC, you're not able to reach the masses. Again, um, it was great that he singled out ESCOM, but there was no detail. And I do believe at this stage in our economy, if you're going to single out one particular SOE, then you need to share a little bit more on the granular side. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, let's go now to EFF leader. Julius Malema, and we're going to join our colleagues now from Cape Talk who are speaking to him. Well, uh, today is not our day to speak. The president was speaking. When we raised, if we had raised it today, you are going to call us disruptors. When we don't raise it today, you say, why didn't we raise it? We came here to allow the president to speak uh, so that he can expose himself the same way he did today. The president did not say anything. The president has got no plan. The president is dreaming. The president told the whole nation that he's dreaming about a bullet train. The president is dreaming about a city. What type of a president is that? If you speak about the president of China, he doesn't dream. He says to you, we're going to build a new city here. And this is at the time frame it will take. We dreamed in, in the 80s. We dreamed in the 70s and the 60s. Now is time to implement those dreams. It's not time to dream. 25 years into power, you are still daydreaming. And you call that, oh, what a brave speech. What a powerful speech of dreams, of imaginations. Imagine this in your mind. How can we imagine? Well, no, we, we have imagined enough. We have been imprisoned for imagination. Now it's time to implement. The president has nothing to offer us. My colleague at Tivoli to Clement Banya Taylor joins us here now. Yeah, Mr. Malema, I just wanted to ask, uh, are you satisfied with how he addressed the issue of land? He spoke about this presidential land, uh, uh, you know, land of this, this grouping of people that was led by Deputy President Sil Ramaphosa, but didn't really practically speak about how they will be accelerating land reform. What are your impressions of what he said on land reform? No, the ANC has abandoned the land issue. The ANC used the expropriation of land without compensation to campaign. Black men, you have voted. Now you can go and sit there without the land. We'll come back after five years to promise you the land again. So they don't mean anything they say. Look at the Reserve Bank decision of the ANC from the conference. He repeats what we already know about the Reserve Bank. He's not speaking to the resolution of the ANC. He's not speaking to the re resolution of the ANC on expropriation of land without compensation. But two speeches before elections, he was the most radical person saying to us, this land is going to be expropriated, it's going to be done in a manner that will not collapse the economy. That was to attract the votes. He got the votes now. He didn't waste time. Immediately, 
he says to the South Africans, no land is going to be given to you. It's a willing buyer, willing seller. We follow the same policy. Mabuza told me, uh, gave me a report, which really means nothing. Uh, so the, the voters should know that this is what they voted for. All right, so that is the EFF leader, Julius Malema, speaking to us there and giving us his impressions of the State of the Nation address. We are a little bit late for news, uh, but uh, we will come back and give you rolling coverage um, here on the stairs of Parliament. It's five minutes after nine.